Alrighty, welcome back to the Clickdown. Today we have Dorson Delisle with us, and we're going to be talking all about security and zero trust network access. So, Dorson, welcome to the Clickdown. How are you today? I am well. Thanks for having me. Before we kick things off, we always like for our guests to introduce themselves. So, tell us a little bit about you. What What do you do at Citrix? What What do you like? Why are you an expert of CTNA? Or Tell us a little bit more. Sure. So um, I've been uh, working at Citrix for about a little over five years now. Uh, but before that, uh, you know, I've been working with Citrix solutions in one form or another uh, since I, I like to say since the turn of the century, because it doesn't make me feel as old and I don't have to put a number out there. So um, that's kind of what that's kind of what I go with. But I've been doing it either as a uh, as an admin uh, working for a partner, a delivery engineer, uh, even did a little bit of training at one point on on Netscaler. So uh, I've been uh, in and around the Citrix community for, for quite some time, and uh, security and access has always been at the forefront of one of the, the, the main tenants of, of Citrix. So, um, you know, it's, it, it's, it's always been very important to, to our end users and our customers, and... Um, so I've got a lot of experience with that. And, and you know, when you look at security, um, I, was, I was upgrading some of my, my home networking stuff the other week, and, and I was looking at just some of the, uh, the dashboards that I have, and I was like, I now have over, I think it said like 35 devices connected to my network. And, you know, this isn't lab equipment. This is just everybody, you know, all my kids, my wife and everything, all the different devices they have and how it's all connected. And it's like over 35. And so I'm thinking about this. I'm like, a lot of these devices go out into the world. Who knows what they're downloading or what they're accessing? And then they come back here. So I'm, I'm kind of rethinking, you know, how I handle security in my home environment. So it's like when they have friends come over, and they all want to get on the Wi-Fi. It's like I don't think I'm going to give you my Wi-Fi password. So you know, there's a guest Wi-Fi network. That guest Wi-Fi network can't get to our our storage. You know, with all of our photos and music and movies and everything, and and all the smart home things that you now have. You know, the intelligent light bulbs and stuff like that. It's like maybe that should go on a separate network as well. That can't get to all of my you know storage and credit card information and tax forms and all that that I have stored. You know, on my home storage. But it's just like security is, you know, we always think it's it's that security team's job, but yet it really impacts all of us, you know, and even in our personal lives. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I um, you know, I, I recently went on a whole uh, kind of tear looking at how I secure a lot of my personal stuff. And I went through and I, you know, on anything that, that remotely mattered to me, uh, I went ahead and, and turned on MFA for all of those things. And, and I, and, you know, I, I, I never, I never bothered with, you know, clicking that box that says, you know, uh, never trust this device or, or sorry, always trust this device or keep me logged in. Right? I, I don't understand that. You kind of take your security out of your security when you do that. Um, but, you know, on top of that, I've, ha I've had to start having conversations with my kids about, you know, how they're protecting their digital assets, right? You know, they've got, Xbox accounts and Discord accounts and, and Twitch accounts and you know and by the way those last two things I don't know what they are I, I just know that they have those accounts so 
<laughs> but yeah, you know, it, it certainly goes beyond uh, the, the corporate space. And uh, especially in today's day and age of uh, remote work, uh, what you do in your home matters and how you secure your home device can certainly impact the corporate world too. Oh, I, I was just going to say, I was, you know, about Discord. My wife and I actually both have Discord accounts and uh, we, we use them to tell our kids when it's time for dinner. <laughs> that's, that's not bad. I might have to do that. <laughs> well, I've also seen where, which I'll have to start doing once my kids are older, where you change the Wi-Fi password and they're not allowed to get the Wi-Fi password until they've finished homework and done chores. So I will definitely have to implement that once my kids are of that age, because we live in a very, very digital world, which the three of us here did not grow up in. Right. Like it was very different <laughs> back in the day. I still remember like carrying a separate digital camera to take pictures and then like an oh, sure. iPod to listen to music and then your little flip phone to to call on the phone. And now kids like don't understand that, which is crazy to me. Um, but going back to security, I think the best way for like non-security experts is to relate it almost to physical security. Right. So think about it like your physical home, like you can invite someone in and invite them into your physical home, but that doesn't mean that you're allowing them to go into your bedroom to rummage through your drawers. Right. So there's different layers of access. And just because you let someone in doesn't mean that they should have access to everything else. At least that's how I see it when it comes to things like CTNA. You, you've never, you've never gone, you've never gone to a, a, a someone, someone's party at their house and then go into the bathroom and look through the medicine cabinets. <laughs> That's a little bit creepy, Dan. Borderline police could be called on you. <laughs> but I'm assuming that you have based on what you're telling me. <laughs> no, actually, I've never ever done that. Um, I just know they always do it in the movies. You always see it on TV shows and movies. But it's like, that is the person, you know, having some type of decency to not do it. But yet there's nothing to physically prevent you from doing that in most people's homes. I mean, the stuff's not locked. And so if anyone goes in the house, they can go anywhere they want for the most part. I will tackle them down, Dan. You, it might not be physically <laughs> locked, but I can tackle people. No, but that's true, right? So like when, when it comes to digital security, there's a difference because you need to have systems in place in order to actually prevent them from going in. Because I've said this multiple times, but I personally believe that a lot of times users are just naive. So it may be that they click on an, like, you know, like an icon that they don't know about, but it's an icon that's there and you're curious about it. And so if you don't have the proper systems and checks in place, then you may be opening up for vulnerabilities, even within your own employee base, um, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, and and uh, you know, that's that's exactly what these uh, you know malicious people are are uh, preying on and, and hoping for is you know you know these brute force attacks don't is not you know what we really hear about in the news these days. It's more about someone clicked on an email or went to a link or you know they saw something that was um, uh, that looked uh, harmless. And they they follow the action, and all of a sudden now they're you know the their their machine has been compromised, or a virus, or some malware has been released into the environment, and, and so it's you know it's 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 not always people 
you know, it's not the big scary man in the trench coat that's trying to get into your house. It's the person that you invited in and, you know, they found their way to your bathroom and are rummaging through your medicine cabinet. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and, and that, that kind of gets us to the whole concept of, you know, of zero trust is that, you know, a, a, anytime you hear someone talk about zero trust, it's always, you know, never trust, always verify. And you've actually got a interesting, I guess, uh, kind of a real world scenario that most people can, you know, relate to, right? Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, the first thing I'll say about about ZTNA is that, you know, it, it really means something different to, to everybody. Um, and, you know, when we talk about um, how we're doing security today versus, you know, zero trust network access, uh, I, I like to first kind of set the stage on on what security looks like today, right? So perimeter, perimeter-based security. So if we think about, you know, perimeter-based security, um, you know, the example that I, that I like to use is, is, uh, is Disney World, right? Disney World is, is, is a great place. And if you've been to Disney World in, in the last five years or so, they have this really cool thing. They have this magic band uh, and they no longer use a, a physical ticket. So you kind of scan this magic band um, and it's, you know, you wear it on your wrist or it's even part of your smartwatch now. And once you scan it, you have access to just about everything in, inside the park, right? Um, and so, you know, you can jump on Thunder Mountain, you can go to uh, Gaston's Tavern, you can go to Space Mountain, right? You can even jump on the monorail and, and get access to a completely different park, right? Um, and, th- and that's kind of how perimeter-based security works these days. Once your device connects in uh, over over the VPN, it's acting as a node on that network, right? And so, um, uh, you know, and, and folks may say, oh, well, we've got, you know, scans that prevent the devices from going to uh, networks that they're not supposed to or not talking to the devices they're not supposed to. Or they may say, we only allow corporate devices on the network. But still, once that device connects to the system it's authorized to connect to, if it's been compromised or anything along the way, you know, there's not much you can do about that, right? So you're, it's a level of exposure um, that, that, that's, that's out there with perimeter-based security. You know, it's kind of, it's, it's just not getting the job done anymore these days. And that's kind of where, where, where Z, ZTNA c- comes in, right? Um, so there, there's a couple of tenants out there that I kind of like to focus on when we're talking about ZTNA. Um, the first, you know, you kind of said it, right? It's 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 never trust and always verify, right? You want that continuous authorization to make sure that you know folks are or devices are accessing the things that they're supposed to, right? We never want to give that implicit trust that this uh, user device or even the application has access to what it's trying to 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 access, right? Um, you know that that kind of uh, you need to go beyond just the simple yes, no at, at the network layer, right? We need to understand the context of the user, the posture of the device, um, even down to the behavior of the user, right? All these things are, 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 very, are very important, right? You know, is the user doing something that is kind of outside the bounds of what they normally do? And so, you know, when we think about... Um, zero trust, I like to think of it almost like going to the airport, right? Um, you know, we travel a lot for work. 
uh, we're always going to Summit or Synergy, or not as of late anymore, unfortunately. But um, when we when we do go to the airport, everyone kind of starts in the same place, right? There's that security checkpoint that we have to go through. And even though everyone's going through that security checkpoint, not everyone's going to have the same experience at that checkpoint, right? Some folks have pre-check and they kind of go through a shorter line, right? They don't have to get scanned as much, right? Maybe you get you have a kiosk worker who works inside the terminal and they kind of skip the line, right? Or you got flight crew and they've got their own separate line or even baggage handlers who come into a, through a completely separate entrance, right? Uh, and you never even get to see that entrance. But once you're through security, uh, you know, you kind of have access to a broader scope inside the airport, right? You can go over to Hudson News and get a snack for your flight or grab a bite at a restaurant, right? Um, and then once you want to board the plane, again, you have to present your authorization to be able to board, board that plane. And even the flight crew, right? They've got to be not only checked, but verified by the gate, uh, the folks working at the gate there, right? Um, all the meanwhile, there's a security guard that's watching what's going on inside the airport, making sure no one's getting out of bounds. And so, um, you know, and, and then the other thing too, is that baggage handler that we talked about before, they're working under the plane in an area that you don't have access to at all. So, you know, there's kind of all these different levels of, uh, of different levels of access and security that are constantly taking place um, that are at this point fairly transparent to most, most people. Um, yeah, no, that's, that's definitely a good analogy, right? And I think most people can relate to if they haven't been to Disney World, if they know the premise of going somewhere like, you know, an amusement park and having access to everything. And I think really, where CTNA exploded was for, you know, pre pandemic, a lot of companies had this remote work as an exception. And so it wasn't as top of mind because most people were coming into the physical office, whether it was with corporate owned devices into, you know, their, their internal network. But now that the majority of people are working from their homes, a lot of times you don't know what type of network they're connecting to, whether that be their home network, whether that be Starbucks, whether that be a friend's network, whatever it may be. And so I think that's, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, Dorson, but I think that's why this became such a hot topic in 2020, end of 2020 and 2021, and even into 2022, because as remote work is here to stay, which we all know that it is, that, you know, old type of security thinking isn't enough, right? Like you need to go beyond that because there's so much more that you need to protect and so much more risk that you're now open to. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and, and, you know, really, you know, security in the IT space is really, you know, it's really just about the, the methods and tools that we use to protect our digital assets, right? And when everyone was coming into the office, uh, you had known devices on on private networks and all the apps were in the data center, right? And now you've got folks that are coming in from a device that who knows who's managing it, right? On a network that could be anywhere and you're accessing, uh, you know, applications that may not even be in the data center. They're sitting up in, in some other cloud that's being, you know, maybe you guys are, are managing the, the data that's in there, but it's actually being 
managed and maintained by a complete third party, right? So the whole scope of you know what we're what we what we need access to and how we need to secure it has changed. Not not just because of you know pandemic, but also just because of the na- the nature in which uh, you know access to data is is evolving. But I know so historically, you know, we've had we've had people who are remote and and you know, historically from Citrix's perspective, it was always, you know, VDI or DAS, you know, you can get to access to your applications. But other organizations that weren't doing that always went down the VPN route. Um, how does it how is ZTNA different than just like a VPN, you know, that people might be using or you know, actually even if you're not using it, chances are you're gonna be very familiar with what a VPN is and how it works. So it might be worthwhile to have people understand how ZTNA is different. Yeah, yeah. So you know, uh, with 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 a VPN um, or you know, really you know, perimeter based access, right? We don't want to kind of you know, VPN is is the is the primary uh, tool out there for for perimeter based, but it's really about perimeter based access. And, and the idea with with that is that you know, if you protect the perimeter. Um, then everything else, and you keep all of your assets inside that perimeter, as long as the perimeter is protected, then everything else is protected, right? But the moment that you allow anything into that, inside that perimeter, that device through that VPN, um, you know, a lot of that kind of go, goes out the window. And, and they've, they they try to do different things by putting, you know, access policies or scans or things like that on that device. But, um once it's in, it's in. And one of the biggest differences with the approach that Citrix takes to ZTNA is by using things like, you know, virtual apps and desktops and and uh, and uh, uh, secure workspace access uh, and ADC. Is that you know, number one, like if we're talking about virtual apps and desktops, for one, the endpoint that's connecting to the to the uh, virtual app server. Um, the virtual app server is what has access to the apps and the data, right? So there's no better way to protect your asset than by not allowing that endpoint to have any direct access to it, right? You know, I, I like to think of it almost like like a like a bouncer at a bar. You know, if um, you know, if, if you if you're if you're trying to get access to to Beyonce and she's at a club and you go up to the bouncer, he's not going to let you in, but he may take a message to her and bring a message back. Right, but um, you, you know that's kind of how CVADS is going to work. It's not going to allow you to actually access that resource. And when we talk about SaaS applications uh, in in a, in a perimeter-based security model, um, you know a lot of folks are coming into the data center to go back out again. And you know with with uh, with SWA, uh, we can take that 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 SaaS application and deliver it directly from the endpoint. And still give you the uh, performance, security, and insight to that SaaS application that you would normally get by delivering it as a, as a virtual application. And I think one of the things that you know Citrix does really well is that it allows the customer to not treat every single asset differently, right? Because you may need to secure an application that has maybe um, PII, if you're in healthcare, HIPAA, very differently than something like, you know, Word or, you know, PowerPoint. And so being able to have that contextual access, that contextual um, 
security policies around those applications, I think is very powerful from a customer perspective and from an end user perspective to not disrupt their workflow, but still be able to secure those individual assets individually and separately. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, there are um, a ton of different uh, application types out there these days that we need to to account for. You know, there's those basic, uh, you know, the basic client server apps that we've, uh, you know, that Citrix kind of uh, supported uh, for, for many years. And, you know, like I said, SaaS apps and then, you know, and file-based applications as well, where, you know, you've got folks that are still dealing with large files and they, they need to access them. Um, you know, and it kind of, you know, reminds me of a situation with one of my customers who, um, you know, they came to us because uh, they had, during pandemic, they had to send a lot of their folks home and they were working with very large Excel files and uh, they were on a VPN and they were having trouble, right? Just performance problems. So they came to us and we talked to them about, you know, uh, virtual apps and desktop service. Uh, along with analytics to help them kind of see what's going on with those sessions. And they loved it. It was, a, it was a big hit right away, right? And we said to them, you know, you guys really ought to deliver this to all of your users, you know, kind of get away from the VPN and deliver this for all of your users. And, and you know, they kind of shoot us away and said, no, no, you've fulfilled our use case and, and, and we're good right now. Um, fast forward six months uh, and they had, a, they had a breach from one of their VPN users, right? They, the endpoint device was compromised. Um, and you know, everyone was running around with their hair on fire, trying to figure out what to do. And we got a call back and said, Hey, we want to talk again about that whole security analytics thing and moving everyone over onto, onto, you know, workspace and CVAS. How, how do we do that? So, you know, it's, it, it's a reality to a lot of folks, um, when they're using VPN and they're not thinking beyond what they're doing today. Um, they're not thinking about, you know, ZTNA and how Citrix can help them to deliver a, a more secure environment while maintaining that those high levels of performance and such. So, Dorsen, from your experience, would you say, uh, since you're in the field and you're dealing with different customers in different industries, um, are most customers now thinking if they haven't you know, deployed a CTNA strategy, but at least having those conversations of, hey, this is a direction we want to go to. And if so, like for some of our listeners who maybe are smaller customers or who haven't started, kind of where, what is your recommendation of, of where people should start, right? Like CTNA is such a broad topic and you can't boil the ocean in a day or whatever the phrase is. So like, where do you begin? Yeah, I mean, that, that, that's a great question. Um, you know, the, the first thing, you know, and I kind of go back to one of the things I said earlier is that, you know, ZTNA means something different to everybody. Um, you know, we had a customer who, who called, you know, reached out to us and said, we want, you know, ZTNA. And what they were looking for was every time every server or application made a call to another server or, or device, um, they wanted a scan, a record, and all this kind of information. I just said, Look, that's 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 not what we do. Um, so you, you know where I would start with that is make sure that you and your customer have a good understanding of what they're looking for out of their ZTNA solution. Um, from there, I would say that you know I would check out the Citrix Tech Zone, um, uh, the Citrix blogs. There's a lot of great information out there uh, on 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 ZTNA, and then um, even just you know if if you Google 
uh, Citrix ZTNA. There's a lot of good information out there, not just about what Citrix is doing, but beyond, you know, just kind of ZTNA uh, on the whole, what, what it's about, how it works, and, and, and what it might mean to you. Oh, also, I mean, of course, you should reach out to your, your, your Citrix sales team too, right? Um, uh, and, and, and if you're lucky enough to have a, a technical account manager, uh, talk to that person. Yeah, I, 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 you know, you mentioned TechZone and I do have to say we, we've got, you know, a lot more content coming out soon um, around ZTNA. Um, you know, a lot of different videos, some POC guides, you know, technical overview docs. So you can really get to understand how all this stuff's going to work. It's, it's actually quite easy to, uh, to set up and implement. So hopefully you'll take a look at that. But uh, so... Dorson, I think we're running out of time, so I'd like to thank you for joining us today. And Anna, as always, thanks a lot. We'll see you next time. Thanks, guys. Mm -hmm.